1: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 107. Today, Scott and I are joined by Barstool JJ. What's up, man?
3: Chilling. Just hanging out in uh, New York, holding down the fort for the offseason. Scott, how's it going down in Virginia Beach?
2: Good, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting pumped up now for Mr. Matt Holiday. I had to do some research to, to actually get a little bit excited about this dude, but um, now now I'm pumped up. I'm, I'm ready to go with this kid. He's He's a monster. Oh, am
3: I allowed to? Well, it's not a curse. I watched the GIF of him taking that line drive off the dick like a yep. hundred times yesterday.
1: <laughs> I tweeted the same thing. I re- I'll never forget where I was when I was watching that. That was uh, that was one of the more crazy errors in playoff history. I got to imagine. Yeah. yeah, and that's uh, what I that's what I know him for now. And that's not a good thing to be known for. No. You guys sick of all the happy holidays puns yet?
2: It's ridiculous. I don't even know how. And people are excited about them, too. They're, they're, they feel very proud about them. They're actually going out there and saying something. They're bad. They're terrible.
1: Yeah, like it was the first time that had been tweeted. Right. I
3: can't, I can't wait to see what, like, real news organizations or even, like, the Yankees social media team comes up with for, like, memes and GIFs. Uh, for, like, every time he hits a home run. It'll be, like, <laughs> July with a Santa hat on.
1: Or uh, what John Sterling has in store for us all.
3: Oh, my God, yeah.
1: He's already got interns uh, writing out stuff for him. Can't say Christmas, so happy holidays. <laughs> it's perfect. I love it. I, I thought they th- it made sense for the Yankees to sign holidays since they traded away one bald guy in McCann. They needed to bring in Holiday.
2: I love oh, call. You got to do the protocol. You got to make sure the bald dudes are in the building. You got to make sure there's old dudes in the building. They're checking boxes. The Yankees are doing their thing.
3: He was strictly signed to run Kangaroo Court in case CC falls off the wagon again.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard today.
1: I was reading today that it's being sold as not only a a, a DH for the Yankees, but he's a clubhouse guy.
2: Yeah. yeah, player player coach type. This is the these are the guys that they want to build around these young dudes. Get you some guys. I mean, the guy was a perennial all-star, he's a stud, uh, a career 300 hitter. That's the kind of guy you want to learn from. It doesn't matter if he's slowly declining. The guy the guy is still a 6-4 monster. Well, and uh, you I know, mean, he's going to he's going to be putting some some weight up in the bench. I can I can see him and Judge going head to head.
1: Well, that's assuming he actually's out there playing. He was pretty injured the last couple years.
3: Yeah, but now he can DH, so it's similar to like Beltron. You get him out of the field, let him focus on just hitting, being a good uh, clubhouse guy. I honestly see this as an amazing opportunity for Matt Holiday to win another World Series. It, it won't be with the Yankees, but <laughs> when we trade him for prospects halfway through the year again,
1: it's going to be amazing. So you've got him having a good first half of the season, though.
3: Yeah, I think... Any guy who goes out and this at this stage in his career is a career three hundred hitter, has hit almost three hundred home runs, driven in over a thousand RBIs. When you take half the game away from him and let him just focus on hitting, it's what we saw in Beltron last year. I think it's what we saw in A. Rod two years ago, but you know five years younger.
1: Well, well, he's not young. He's thirty-seven years old. So he's
3: he's he's still thirty-six. It'll be thirty-seven.
2: So us thirty-six-year-olds are are spry still. There's nothing wrong with thirty-six. That's right. Thirty-six is a great age. So the uh, the fact is, look, the dude who was coming back from. Uh, I think he got hit in the hand, right? He had a broken thumb or something in his hand. That's that's one of those weird injuries that it's got to be some kind of an adjustment coming back. And when he did come back, I mean, he was back for like what three games? It was only a few games. He did hit a home run, dude. Is a three like like JJ was saying? He's a 300 hitter. I mean, that's what he's shown over you know his entire his entire career. So I'm um, I'm excited for this guy and the fact that he hits Oppo and spreads the ball all around and does not strike out a lot. This is this is a beautiful match for for Yankee Stadium and this lineup.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here. I mean, you said you're excited about about uh, Holiday. I don't know if I can go that far, but at the same time, given the choice between Holiday and one year, thirteen million, and signing Encarnacion for like ninety or a hundred million, and being stuck with that contract when he's 39 years old and sucking the life out of a team, I guess I'll take this.
3: Oh, there's no doubt. I, I think really, and what works out is Holiday. Like they say, you know, he's a clubhouse guy. He's a veteran. There's also no way that he signed this agreement thinking it's anything more than, hey, come in, we'll give you $13 million, which is a ton of money. You get to wear pinstripes. Who knows? Maybe these young guys get hot and we make a run at this. Or you're going to get traded to a contender and get a chance to win the same way we had you know, the, the closers in the World Series last year. Beltron was put in a great position <laughs> to go out there and win again. And, you know, the Yankees have a million prospects. They're not all going to pan out. But if we could get one or two more by moving a guy like Holiday in the event that we're not, you know, a winning team, then that's just more that we have in our arsenal to trade in the coming years as we build this superpower uh, coming out after the 2018 season.
2: No, this is a great sales pitch. This is a great sales pitch because Brian Cashman now is touting. The, the quality of team that he trades his big boys to and, and now is selling, people, selling veterans on the quality of team that they will be traded to halfway through the season. This is, it's beautiful. It's, it's a genius move by Cashman.
1: Well, it's, it's, yeah. It's certainly a low-risk, high-reward. Uh, situation if holiday sucks then they can just move on from him after a year and like you guys have been saying if he does produce you either get his production for the whole season and make a playoff push which would be ideal or you trade him mid-season I think I remember when Frank Thomas went to the Oakland A's and everyone thought he was done because he was injured in Chicago and he had like a renaissance couple years for them so if you're Matt holiday you're thinking I could stick around the AL DH and make like 40 more million dollars into my late 30s early 40s. So he does have a lot to play for even though you might not think so.
2: The lifetime of a player is definitely extended. I mean, look what Kadaira was doing in New York. I mean, he he got a he got a nice little payday, Uh was was having a, a decent year, but when he when he actually signed that deal after Colorado, how old is he? 35 30 he was 35 36 years old. I mean, he was he was definitely pushing the age and got another contract. So you know, maybe Holiday is playing for another two-year contract, possibly, if he could sign or if he could make some big numbers. You never know.
1: I just see some Yankee fans on Twitter uh, legitimately excited for this. Um, and Scott, I know you said you were excited, but but are you really? I mean, you can only get so much, so many expectations for, for you, this kind you of You just got
2: to look at the situation. That's the biggest thing. When you look at the situation and what happened and what we needed and then what Cashman went out to get... While while still staying on this this you know this uh this path towards youth, and that's exactly what he did. He got a guy who has something to prove, who is going to be only at, at the DH spot. Like JJ was saying, you're cutting half of it out. I mean, there's a there's a much bigger chance now that he can stay healthy. Uh, I, I look at a you know a hit by pitch is a fluke injury. He was dealing with two hamstrings the year before that, but I mean his track record. He's he plays games. He's and and he's a career 300 guy. So yeah,
3: I, I like the move. I think it I think it could be a uh, a good spike for one year. If you also think about it too, just from like a uh, a number standpoint, last year we paid a Rod twenty seven million dollars to hit what nine home runs. We had Beltron and McCann take some at bats as a DH spot. We've now cleared out Beltron's salary totally. We've cleared out most of McCann's and brought in someone who's not going to have any kind of controversy. The uh, the media, we can't do anything to stir up any controversy between Holiday and Gary Sanchez because we were, uh, you know, zero for fifteen Gary Sanchez slump and a two home run game from McCann away from. Well, maybe Sanchez isn't ready, but uh, now for less money and with getting some prospects from Houston, we have a guy who can put up the same or better numbers, uh, you know, than we did before, and we can trade him again for more prospects.
1: Yeah. That's actually an interesting point you bring up and it's, it's related to one of the mailbag questions from at Jay Collier on Twitter. We got, he said, would you rather have kept McCann instead of signing holiday? And I think to your point, JJ, you were, you were kind of saying that uh, as far as production goes, if you look at the numbers McCann and holiday, there's not really much difference. Uh, Yes. One guy hits from the right side. One guy hits from the left side, depending on what you prefer for your lineup, that can make a difference. But uh, McCann, you think maybe he uh, there would be some controversy with catcher? And I know Scott and I have talked about this in the past. Maybe McCann requested to be traded because he saw he was only going to be a DH backup first baseman. And he has a vesting option in his contract where he makes another 15 million bucks in 2018 if he catches 90 games. So th- I think there might have been some behind-the-scenes stuff going on with McCann maybe requesting a trade.
3: If I've learned anything from watching the TV show Pitch on Fox, it's that they go to the veteran catcher and give him the option to waive his no-trade clause. And that's probably exactly what happened. They you know, probably went to him. He, you know, His agent hears it, and they probably positioned it it's exactly the way you said, but so he comes like it's his idea. Like, you know, maybe it wouldn't be that bad so that he can go get his 90 games catching.
2: Well, I think I don't think McCann actually stirred away from that. He was he when he went on, uh, I think he was on WFAN talking to Francesa. He was he was talking about that. He did not. He wasn't ready to give up the catching position. So, you know that that is the the kind of the undertone of yeah. I was I'm not ready to give up the catching position, and no, I'm not ready to give up the possibility to get that option.
3: I think if you also compare Holiday to McCann. Now, don't get me wrong, McCann you know has been a a pretty good player throughout his career but with Gary Sanchez coming up and he will need some guidance Joe Girardi was a major league catcher for years he can provide that guidance for him when we look at guys like Aaron Judge uh, eventually Clint Frazier uh, we might have Tyler Austin in the outfield some having the outfield leadership that someone like Holiday can give is going to be big because Gardner's been a great Yankee, but a great baseball player. He's a one-time All-Star. Ellsbury got a huge contract on steroids, you know, has an inability to stay healthy. Uh, Doesn't really seem like a guy who's going to take that veteran leadership. Let me coach you through your first year up here uh, that he can provide to someone like, you know, to guys like Clint Judge and Austin, you know, helping them adjust to the major league level. Playing major league outfield and you know preparing for games the right way. Well,
1: what happens if they trade Gardner? I'm a little worried that maybe this is uh, in the back of Cashman's mind a contingency plan for if they do in fact trade Gardner.
2: Oh, See, that that's the one thing that gets do. me worried. Yeah, that's the one thing that gets me worried. Not so much that they would trade Gardner, but that that Holiday would be a contingency plan for left field. Right. That's, what that's I'm the only thing that worries me is that that Cashman has that in the back of his mind. But I mean, knowing what Holiday did uh last year the year before that with the injuries the hamstring injuries as well the the fact that he is a below average outfielder it's it the writing's on the wall that this guy needs the the DH spot to be productive at this point in his career and so even if they do trade gardner i don't think that's uh it's going to be a holiday job i think you're going to look at more of the you know going younger with some of the guys in, in the system
3: is yeah it, i think clint clint fraser is a hot streak away from coming up he'll be up may or june latest july uh because you know that that's what they told him when they traded for him i know you guys had him on um he just he needs to you know get a few more games under his belt at AAA. but most of the you know the you know really good impact players don't spend a ton of time at AAA. they kind of uh you know stop in there for a little bit i think that's going to be the situation with clint and, you know, the the job will be his soon. So I really wouldn't be surprised if they move Gardner.
1: I said that last offseason, too. And it just it just seemed like it was always so close to happening. There was always so many rumors, and it never actually happened. Um, I agree with you that at this point, it seems like they are set on moving Gardner, especially because when we did talk to Fraser, he said they moved him to left field full-time. I know he's playing a lot of center field with Cleveland, um, but now he's left fielder full-time. So... Wow, you actually think as soon as, like, late spring, he could be in the majors. That's, um, that's faster than I thought, but I guess if they do trade Gardner, that is that is a good plan to have. If Unless, of course, he really, really struggles, but you, you'd hope that wouldn't happen.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's my understanding from uh, some uh, re- really reliable sources. And at the same time, if they can give him the at-bats, provided he does not come up and, you know, hit – a buck 50, you know, you'll let him sort it out in, you know, at the major league level every day. There's nothing more he's going to learn in Scranton than he will in the Bronx. If we're not really, you know, contending for a world series this year.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I guess even though holiday can't catch like McCann could, he can still play first base at least to the level that McCann could. Um, I know I was seeing, I was following some tweets right before we got on, I guess Cash. I guess Cashman was speaking to the media, and he said he's going to let uh, their plan is to let Tyler Austin and Greg Bird fight it out at first base. But um, I guess Holiday's there as a backup to the backup first baseman.
2: Well, I think that there's flexibility, which is nice. I mean, we all he's not he's not a superior defender by any means at any position. So the fact that he can play other you know multiple positions gives Girardi more flexibility because Austin's same guy in the sense that he can play multiple positions he's younger he's faster he's probably better with the glove at this point but he is also a a flexible option for Girardi I mean you know that Bird's gonna be unless he just completely bottoms out in spring training he's gonna be the uh, practically everyday first baseman so I think that it will be to give him rest uh, but I think Austin you're gonna see is a almost a super utility guy
1: all right, I want to move on to uh, I tweeted out a Twitter poll from at Yankees podcast. It's our uh, our show Twitter account. If you don't follow it, definitely follow at Yankees podcast. And I asked if you could only make one move, would you sign a starter reliever or offense? And surprisingly, 66 percent answered starter. And I think that probably speaks to how big of a question mark the rotation is. But today, Rich Hill re-signed with the Dodgers three years, 48 million. Which uh, might have been too rich for Cashman's blood. Not sure. I know the Yankees were a leading candidate for him, but JJ, are you surprised um, considering the the quality of starters on the open market versus the quality of relievers and hitters on the open market that sixty six percent would would most uh, want to sign a starter?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, starting pitching. So you know, to kind of just for a second, when we're talking about the first baseman, it's bad that. As a Yankee fan, because we've had to share it for so long, I'm conditioned to like. Well, we need three backups because <laughs> there's going to be injuries, and I think that's where our rotation is now. Um, you know, at some point, CC's going to have something and miss, you know, a handful of starts. Whether it's you know he goes on the ten day, shockingly made thirty or, you know.
1: starts last year though.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you know, and he was good. He was the the best number five starter in the league. And that's what we need from him right now. The
1: only problem was he he was uh, their number three, but he was pitching like a number five.
3: He's the best number five starter in the league. (laughs) That's put it on a T-shirt. And he, when you look at Tanaka, at some point he's going to need to skip a start, get stretched out to like his, you know, Asian month between starts. Um, And then we've got a lot of question marks. So getting uh, another starter in there would be nice. I did not want to see us commit three years and that kind of money to Rich Hill, though.
1: I know that would have been it would have been so painful watching that guy go on the DL every July and August with a blister. It just it would have been like Mark Teixeira all over again, having dizziness spells or being dehydrated or whatever it was he was always uh, suffering from.
3: I honestly think if he didn't die, we were going to trade for Jose Fernandez this offseason. We were going to package up a bunch of prospects. Well, 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 I wouldn't have minded that. The guy was talented. Yeah. No, I mean, he was on our radar anyway. And I think that that's something we definitely would have looked at. And I know it's, it's bad to say, but when I turned on SportsCenter that morning, I saw he died. My first reaction was, oh, so we're not going to trade for him.
1: <laughs> I think that was the, the, most Yankee fans' reaction.
3: Yeah. Oh God. The
2: fact that we would uh, we're considering getting giving up like the entire farm system for a starting pitcher because they're talking about sale in the same in the same way and I just I have such a hard time dealing this many prospects and all the things that we've been building towards for for one guy that's you know an arm injury away from uh, a completely different pitcher because it, it seems like now it's happening over and over and over again with these guys. So I, I like the fact that they're, they're not going to be going out, like Rich Hill, g- give me a break with these blisters. It's ridiculous. He was, he, I think he's been on every major league team, uh, every, every major league roster in his career. The, the fact that he got that much money at this stage of his career is unbelievable. So I'm glad they stayed away from him. And I do think, uh, I've talked about this in the past, that, that uh, Cap, uh, uh, I can't even say his name. Brilliant. Caprillion, Every time I say it differently. Caprillion will be up sooner than later. If if he stays healthy, he's going to be up. I'd say by June, July.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. Struggling. I don't want you know Rich Hill and Carnacion. I don't want us committing big money to three and four year deals. I have. I'm totally content with us making a run at the wild card, maybe the division over the next two years if young guys get hot, and then. winning the 2019 World Series because we have flexibility uh, in our payroll to go out and get some of the free agents that are available, we'll have flexibility within our system to make uh, trades for marquee players, and we're just putting together the final pieces rather than, you know, similar to our offseason after 2008. Uh, I want us to be able to do that without A.J. Burnett and to... You know, give up four guys, five guys to go out and get a Chris Sale right now when he's going to be pitching for a team that is contending for the wild card. I don't really want I want either Chris Sale still the same or, you know, whoever the next Chris Sale is in 2018 when they are still hot. They can do that
1: next offseason. If uh, if the team develops and some of the prospects develop, they can then take uh, – because they have such great depth in the system that they can take guys next offseason and trade for – it might still be Chris Sale, who knows, or Archer or one of those guys. Um, I don't think they need to make that move right now. I just think a lot of fans are, are terrified going into next offseason with basically four question marks out of five in the rotation.
2: Yeah, I mean, we could worry about next off season then, but like you saying, you're saying, you're, we're not setting ourselves up for 2017. We're setting ourselves up for 2019 when, when everybody's available, when you can really, you know, show the foundation of your team to free agents, and and then go out and build a dynasty. I mean, that's that's the year that we're we're going to be starting this thing as far as the production. So now is all groundwork, I think, for that for 2019.
1: And uh, Beltron signed with the Astros one year, sixteen million, which was about what uh, was expected for him. I'm honestly pretty shocked the Astros added more payroll after they added McCann. Um, I did not expect them to go out and sign another bat, especially considering their lineup. I thought was pretty good, uh, even without Beltron. Um, but uh, do you think though? Holiday is just. Uh, it seems like Holiday is a lesser version of Beltron at this point, um, for a uh, slightly cheaper. Uh would you have preferred would you, either of you guys have preferred Beltron over Holiday?
3: I did not want uh I didn't want Beltron back. I'm even though Beltron played well for us, uh he's older uh for you know the money that he got, I don't I don't really see the value. There's a lot of it's just a reminder of A-Rod when he was on the team. It's Let's just walk away from guys who aren't with the team anymore. If you're part of the overpaid, underperforming years of the Yankees, I don't need to bring you back until an old-timers day. Yeah, you just wanted to see someone new in the lineup. Some change, yeah, a little bit of change. There's and nothing... everyone yep. gets to be a Yankee once. Jose Canseco has a World Series ring with the Yankees. It was Matt Holiday's time. There you go. Even Pudge
1: Rodriguez was a Yankee.
3: Yeah. Uh.
1: Cespedes goes back to the Mets. How close do you think the Yankees were to actually signing Cespedes?
2: Not close at all.
3: Yeah, I, I think, think pretty far.
2: I think the fact that there's all these, these reports of, of Cashman seriously negotiating and talking at length with his, his agent is, uh, you know, there's, I'm sure there were conversations that happened because that's what Cashman does. I mean, Cashman goes around and, and finds out what the, uh, what the price is and likes to drive it up. I think he likes to play his little Cashman games and they work very well. And I think that's what it was. Uh, there was ever – I don't think there was ever any intent on signing him.
1: Yeah, Cespedes, uh belongs with the Mets for whatever reason. It just fits. He he enjoys being a New York Met sort of the way Darrell Rivas enjoys being
3: a New York Jet. Stop it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think if if they went – really, for it just didn't make sense for right now. Let's say he had an opt-out in two years or he came up in two years or even next year. Then maybe. Uh, but it didn't make sense – and when you see all the the stuff of, oh, he's playing golf before games, but now he's tired and he's got to sit out. Like that is what the Yankees are trying to get away from. Oh, That's yeah. the off field distractions that they're going to have enough of that with Clint Fraser running around New York City at night.
2: <laughs> you're right. No, <laughs> that kid, that kid is an animal. He is uh, he is going to be tearing it up. But you're right. At the fact that he does make these. Uh, you know, these 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 news stories about playing golf and then you're coming up lame and, and not being able to do all the things he needs to do on the field. It's just not a good setup. It's it's fine. He, he, leave him in Queens. He can hide out there. Not a good spot for the, in the Bronx.
1: Uh, JJ, when we had uh, Frazier on our podcast, the, the first thing he told us was that he just bought a house with a couple buddies at the University of uh, Georgia. And Scott and I both immediately had the same thought, like, oh God, please don't do something stupid.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll... When we're not recording, I'll tell you some stories. Excellent.
1: Uh, (laughs) As far as signings today, that um, directly also affects the Yankees. Melanson going to the Giants, four years, 62 million bucks, which is basically a guarantee now that Chapman is going to be in the neighborhood of a hundred million. I'm assuming the Yankees are still in talks with him, but this Melanson contract kind of got me scared, Scott, because now Chapman's talking about six years and, to commit that much to Chapman is, I think, stupid.
2: If you read the whole thing about what Chapman was saying today, too, it's pretty funny because he's, he's like, I, you know, I never asked for $100 million. It's someone who is as good as I am should never have to demand, you know, X amount of money or X amount of years. It should just come to you. So he's such a cocky son of a bitch with that statement and what he's asking for. So you know damn well he's, he's his agent has set a, a bar at $100 million and... You know, if it is if it is staying there, and someone overpays for him, it's not going to be the Yankees because I think Cashman's smarter than that, and he realizes that it's just too much damn money, especially if we're talking six years, a hundred million plus.
3: Well, yeah, if pick. it comes in like that, like don't don't sign him. Convert Severino to a closer. Yeah, um, I, I think they should Batances do that anyway. In ninth inning, love Batansis. Don't trade him. Keep him in the eighth. Keep him in the seventh. Do not put him in the ninth. Um, can't have it. It just—he's it's, not good at it. You really think
1: but so? You really think he can't handle the ninth?
3: I think he's shown us several times that it he's was not. Really,
1: it was really September of last year uh, when he was completely burned out. I mean, that game in Fenway sticks out to me as the biggest meltdown of all meltdowns. But if you look at what he was doing leading up to that, he was pitching so often, and the way Girardi warms these guys up, it's like they're pitching a—they're pitching a whole outing in the bullpen every other day before they even actually get onto the actual mound.
2: Yeah. Baseball reference is going to have to add a category of of warm up pitches. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And uh, I I mean, I agree that I think uh, there is some slight concerns with Batansis in the ninth, but if he's their closer next year, I'm not, I mean, I still think he's one of would be one of the better closers in the
3: league. If he ends up being the closer, like I'm not, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'd prefer we brought someone else in as a closer. He's—I uh, I don't have his splits by inning, but he is. I—I ju- I feel like he's much better in the seventh or eighth than he is in the ninth.
1: Given the choice between uh, Betances or Chapman for six years, a hundred million dollars.
3: See, I don't think similar to what Scott said. I don't think we're going to get to that. I think people throw out these numbers, and it's you know six years. $100 million, Bryce Harper, 10 years, $500 million. million. And those are just Yankee numbers. Someone throws out a number and says, will the Yankees pay this? If the Yankees say no, that number continues to drop. And for someone like Chapman, um, and it'll happen the same thing with Harper, is the the agents know, you know whether it's they go, all right, 100, six years, no, 99, no, 98. And they just go, the Yankees... If everyone will come in at 85, then the Yankees will be, like, all right, we'll go to 90. Then, all right, you get them. Uh, I think it's a game that Cashman plays when he is buying to say, all right, no, we're not going to do that. And no one else is going to jump above the Yankees. For anyone else, uh, no one else has the money to make that move or the need to. Dodgers. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see them making that move. They've got so much money committed already.
1: <laughs> it doesn't seem like they give a crap.
3: I don't know. The new CBA will be interesting.
1: Yeah,
2: I, th- yeah. I think that's what's going to open the door and close the door for a lot of different teams. Is this new CBA and how willing the owners are to to part with this? You know, with the with the tax money. I mean, it's it's a big deal, and I think it's when you're when you're talking about the the bigger name free agent guys, uh, it's directly going to affect them. And I think another team that would. That would possibly pony up that money, or the Nationals. I mean, they're he's one of the uh, their owners are one of the richest guys in the uh, in the world. They, they they have more money than God. I mean, they can spend it if they want to. It's just a matter if they he wants to play with that play that game and spend that extra money. So,
3: yeah. all those teams are not in the A L East, so I'm comfortable. And just to go back to Batanzas, I looked it up. His ERA in the seventh inning, it by inning, sixth inning is one point one zero by the. Uh, in the sixth, no, oh no, in seventh innings, one, nine, seven, eighth, one, six, five, ninth, four, two,
1: nine. There's, there's a sample size issue going on there, but yeah, but I get what you're saying.
3: 59, uh, 50 innings in the ninth inning, 59 in the seventh, 120 in the eighth. He spent most of his career there. Yeah. I uh, you know, I just think it's, um, it's something he could probably overcome, but, See that's like, the
2: thing. I think he needs more time there as well. I, look, I'm not. I'm not saying that he's not better in the eighth because I actually do think he's better in the eighth. But I don't think he's a guy that can't pitch the ninth and become extremely effective in the ninth. I mean, the guy has got, you know, all world stuff as good as stuff as anybody in the bigs. I think it's between the ears at this point and getting comfortable with that ninth and and making sure that you know he knows the guy. And I think the overwork is an issue. I think he does. Tend to get tired at the end of the season, so that's something that Girardi is actually going to have to do more than Botanchis, because I think he does. Uh, and when when he gets tired, he I think his his mentality changes.
1: Where were you guys mentioned the the new CBA? Uh, thankfully, there will not be a lockout. It would have been classic MLB to have a lockout and ruin any momentum that they gained from the Cubs winning the World Series. Uh, but there's a five year deal, and uh,
3: you well, guys- here's what I thought was going to happen. I thought that Cespedes was going to agree to a new contract, but like the Mets wouldn't sign like send it into the office or they'd schedule the signing for after, then we'd have like a a week long lockout and Cespedes would be like, "Ah, actually I changed my mind." <laughs> uh, cuz that's what happens to the Mets.
2: Right. Someone send someone sends a fax that doesn't get received.
3: Yeah, like they forgot the cover page, so it yeah. just got thrown in the trash. Yeah, that's peak Wilpon's right there.
1: Um but uh, I was reading some stuff about the new CBA and there are some people fearful that the, it's going to be like World War III uh, during the next negotiations because revenue is continuing to grow. Uh, they expected it to be at like $15 billion by 2021 throughout the league. And uh, there's just now more rules for teams to spend less money on players. So there's the fear that owners are just going to be pocketing all this. Uh, luxury tax numbers are going up. However, the penalties are also increasing. So the, the more you spend, the more you're going to be penalized. And teams like the Dodgers, teams like the Yankees, teams like the Cubs are going to be less likely to exceed the luxury tax because of those strict penalties. Um, there's a new qualifying offer system, which I swear you better be a brain surgery to understand because I was reading that thing. And with all of the contingency draft picks, I could not even really make sense of it. Um, the international player market, it will now have a cap, so uh, no more signing guys. Um, to Like Shohei Otani is going to be an issue when he comes over from Japan because there's a $5 million cap annually on
2: the on these guys. No um, more Mankata signings. Uh, no more what? Mankata. Wamakata? Well, there's the, the well, signings like that are depending on how yeah, old if the you're player under, is.
1: If you're under 25 years old, exactly. Right. Um, and then some more of the like the crazy wonky stuff. Um, thankfully, the All-Star Game no longer counts for the World Series. Uh, there's a 10-day DL. And uh, some of my personal favorites is that each player is now guaranteed two seats on every spring training bus ride. And okay. apparently there will be a, a hall monitor for chewing tobacco unless you have already made your Major League debut.
3: You really went deep into this thing to know that uh – Spring training bus thing—I didn't even know that was an issue. Well, yeah, it's, it's,
2: yeah. it's ridiculous. It's it, the fact that it was negotiated and put it into here is such a—it's—it's it's such a ridiculous statement. I find I mean, a lot the fact of this crap fascinating
1: two, because, yeah. I mean, it, 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 what it kind of gets down to is that unless you're in the major leagues, the life of these players is pretty shitty.
3: With the well, fact that I they have the, to get two seats, the minor league salary. <laughs> Uh, well, it makes sense because I could see for some of those games, you know, if you're going between like Tampa and Bradenton to play the Pirates, they're just like, ah, yeah, load up 50 guys. Why not? We'll see who we can get in today, um, and they don't want to spend on an extra bus. I could see that being an issue. So I guess you know that's that's nice. I'm sure that probably wasn't even an issue for every team. Like the Yankees, I don't see that being an issue for, but I'm sure like the Marlins, it was just like, well, we've got Uber X, so. <laughs> You could take that. Exactly. And, and then... Yeah, and
2: it's not a problem for mind. anybody in Arizona either. They don't have to go anywhere.
3: Yeah. That's just... Here, we've got a bicycle built for twenty-five. Yeah, yeah just go. Um, I did see, though, the minor league salaries. The minor league minimums are up. Yeah. They're up in, like, the $80,000. Yeah. I remember I graduated high school in 2003, and I played two summers for Team USA and in talks uh, around that it was all around the like well if you go do this you're you know you're only going to make like you know a few bucks so right that's why they're all selling
1: insurance in the off season
3: yeah now you can have you can live a decent life especially where so many of these people are from um you know middle of the country if you don't live in new york city 80 grand is a really good salary and then you make some extra money doing you know either a, a local promo or going and playing in a winter league um you know. So the
2: eighty the eighty thousand minimum, is that for AAA? Or where does that start? You have to, because yeah, you have guys to, in single A are not making eighty grand. No,
3: you have to reach a certain tenure.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, okay. See I yeah, didn't see that. There's still dudes
2: the riding around things. the farm in like in like, you know, Iowa and not making any money. They're making fifty grand max. Right. Out. Like, that's the baller on the team. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. I didn't
1: know that the, it's a number that they can now slap on to a contract or not a contract, but slap as a headline and say, hey, look, you're going to make 80K. We do care about our players. When in reality, I, I, I really yeah. don't think hey, it you applies get
2: two to many people you get well, two when you go from from uh, Fort Lauderdale to Orlando. Congratulations.
3: Hey, when was the last time you rode on a bus? Like having that extra seat is huge.
2: No, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree. Especially the buses if buses suck in of, general.
1: Especially <laughs> if you're the size of Aaron Judge. Oh my god. Yeah.
2: It's more of a factor though, the seat in front of you than the seat next to you, in my opinion. The seat in front of you is the problem.
1: Well, I've read some uh, I've read some uh, books from minor leaguers and the crap they used to pull on each other on these on these bus trips, just like Openly farting in each other's face, pants down. Like if you fell asleep, you would you would basically get like the trash dumped on you. Uh, so the fact that you have an extra seat, I don't really think is going to make that trip much better.
3: That's true. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, but you've signed up to be an animal, too. Yes, you're getting transported. Yes, it's a cattle call.
2: Um,
1: another thing that I thought was interesting is that uh, it is written as a quote priority to have international play in the in the near future. So uh, more games. Uh, did they play a, r- a regular season game in Cuba last year? Or was that a spring training game when Jeter went down there?
2: That was
3: spring training, I believe.
2: I think that was spring training because they did one in Australia too, right? They right. went to Australia.
3: I think they opened the season in Australia two yeah. years oh, ago. Oh,
2: you're right. That's what it was. You're right. And ju- they've done it in Japan they've done too. In Japan. They've done Japan. Taiwan, I know maybe? they're going
3: to do England. England. Yeah. Uh, they're going to go back to Mexico, uh, Japan. They, they, it's just all expanding the game internationally, which makes sense. Um, you know, if the problem is, well, I guess with so many baseball games that even if it's the Brewers and you know the Twins in London, it'll be cool. It'll draw people. Uh, it's going to be tough to get you know the Yankees to give up home games. You, you would think. But you never even know because if they can get some games that would be like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday series and it's $5 tickets at the stadium and they can get a guaranteed sellout somewhere else, they may uh, they may make the trip.
2: I'd be interested to hear about, uh, we, we actually do have a bunch of people from the In- England, London area who listen to the show, so uh, definitely shoot us an email or, or send us something on Twitter. But um, considering like the football games and the NFL games, I have a buddy living out there, and from what he's telling me that Everybody likes going to the games, they're a lot of fun, but nobody cares about the NFL in general. And the fact that the this is made a priority from the players, you know, I, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to extend their reach, marketing efforts and things like that. But I mean, is this something that the guy that, you know, depending on where you are, they're gonna go for a good time, have have fun at the game, and then just not care about you until you come back? I think so. And and do they care what team or players? Probably not. I mean, I think it's gonna be one of those like spectacle type things rather than actually getting people invested in the game.
3: Well, well, I think it's similar to like the NBA. So let's say yeah. you've got you know the Dodgers go somewhere, then it's an opportunity for you know Kershaw's agent to have you know the schedule and appearance through Nike or Under Armour or whoever, and you know a billion people come out and he makes an extra you know couple hundred grand. You know we see Kobe and Steph Curry and all that make trips in the off season, so you know it it just kind of like that while the interest at its highest. You can make some more money.
1: And uh, I I think um, like when the Yankees played in Japan that year, Matsui was on the team. And when Matsui went back and played in Japan, that was like the biggest thing in that country's history because they're insane about baseball over there. I don't really think the same effect is going to happen if the Yankees go play – Yankees and Red Sox go play in London. Does anyone have – is there any UK born players on any major league teams? Do they even care about something like that? The nationality? Well, that's that's exactly of the it? thing.
2: Yeah, because you're right because when you go to Japan, it's a it's a national sport. They have guys who are playing in the major leagues. That's a different that's a totally different animal. But when you're going to like England or anywhere, you know, that doesn't really have baseball as their national sport. I mean, I, I, like Australia, that, that one is interesting to me. Like to, to, to do a market study on, on Australia and how the game is affected, if people actually start caring about teams in the major leagues after they come or, you know, what kind of endorsements they're getting or like JJ was saying, the marketing appearances. I'd be interested to hear that because I have a feeling they're, they're few and far between because the NBA is a different sport than Major League Baseball as far as the personalities of the players.
3: Oh, yeah, the
1: stars are much more marketable.
3: Except for baseball. in the movie Basketball, then it's actually the same sport. <laughs> Got to rewatch that thing. Uh, um, no. So, I mean, I think, I don't think we're going to see Yankees Red Sox in London. Oh, I actually no. think we are. I, well, maybe London because that's a quick flight. I think for a lot of these, um, well, maybe if it's a Red Sox home game, the Red Sox give up 35,000 people to go play somewhere where they get ticket sales for, you know, 70,000 people or wherever they whatever venue they decide to stick the, these games in, uh, I think there's definitely opportunity there. But I think we're going to see a lot of games that would get 20,000 people in Minnesota, if that, uh, you know, played somewhere where, you know, 50,000 people are going to come out because it's, you know, only three games. Uh, and, you know, they're only coming to our country once, then, you know, next year they're somewhere else.
1: I agree the thing- with you that um, a team like Minnesota does have more of a desire to go, but I think this is going to be a mandate from baseball, and they're going to want to send the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Cubs, those types of teams to a to a town like London because they don't want to mess that up. They want they right. have one chance with to have baseball enter that market. They're not going to mess around with the Twins versus the Tigers. They're going to send the biggest teams. And as far as the Yankees, you said the Red Sox aren't going to care because they only have thirty thousand seat stadium. Well, I mean, I know you were at the stadium a bunch last year. If you looked around, the thing was half full. So they're (laughs) also not according to John
2: Sterling. Not according to Michael Kay. They're
3: They're also it was half full, but those tickets are sold.
2: Yeah, they're all sold. The, the, you're right, though, in the sense that Major League Baseball is not going to screw this up. They do have a shot. It's not like the NFL where they can send the Jaguars and the Titans to London and they'll sell out a game because it's the NFL. The NFL has 16 games. They're you know the people are going to go. The fact is baseball is a totally different animal and I think JJ's right if they do go to London or wherever they are going to send their biggest attraction because they need to make it a good experience they need to make sure that it does make a mark on that on that country and the people that actually go because if it is a crappy game and there's not you know high high level players there then they're not going to care for the next time and that's obviously the goal it's not a a one time thing it's they're trying to get the reach for you know the next 15 20 years
1: <clears throat> yeah Um, All right, let's move on to some mailbag questions. Uh, This first one comes from Israel, and it's looking at the rotation moving forward. He says, my question to you is if Brian Cashman doesn't sign a big arm for the rotation this year and we lose Tanaka in the opt-out clause, what is going to be the Yankees rotation for the future if the kids don't work out? Scott, you want to go first?
2: Yeah, so Tanaka doesn't do Tanaka opts out. The kids all suck. Who do we go? Where do we go then? Exactly. Uh, I guess we go sign some people and and try to fill some spots. I don't know. It's a it's a pretty big if all around the the. You know, the, hopefully that's not the case. Um, I think that Tanaka doesn't opt out. I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to stick in this contract. What uh, really? Yeah, depending on how this year's goes, but yeah, I think that is. I think he's such a big draw on. Uh, because of where he's from in the, on the New York Yankees, that it's a I think there's there's a lot more money tied to just the contract. Anyway, the 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 fact that the kids don't work out, I mean, look, that's a very big possibility. It's a probability in all sense because usually they don't work out, so they'll just adjust accordingly.
1: I mean, I think Tanaka is is definitely going to opt out. It- Assuming he's relatively healthy, which is what he was last year, I know he ended the season with a little bit of an issue, but unless he has like a major injury, he's definitely gonna opt out. What do you think, JJ?
3: Um so this is a season where it would kind of be great for us if he had like he had to miss a bunch of starts. You because know? of that oh, opt my. out? Yeah, because then he won't opt out. But at the same time, if he opts out, I don't necessarily It it, it all has to do with how healthy he is this year. But again, I don't see other teams throwing more money than we've already thrown at a guy who already has a documented, you know, I'm one pitch away. I mean, every pitcher is, but more than other pitchers, I'm one pitch away from, uh, you know, being out for a year, if not longer. And also, I'm routinely going to have to uh, have extra days off. In between my starts, so you know, there's just more to to kind of cater to, but then also to I think you know Scott's point. There's so much more for a Japanese player in New York or Los Angeles uh, in terms of marketing opportunities, you know, being a face for their country, and uh, you know, m- you know, making more money off the field. That I could I can see him staying and you know, getting that kind of that legacy here in America. Uh, You think about, you know, Matsui went and played a few years, you know, other places. But, you know, you get to see at Old Timer's Day the reaction to him when he comes back. It could be something that, you know, interests Tanaka. And luckily we have some Japanese players who, you know, can be in his ear and, and tell him, hey, this is what it's like. You know, this is what life is like after being a Yankee. Uh, I think that was a big thing that Robinson Cano missed out on when he made his decision yeah. to go to Seattle.
1: No, didn't you hear
3: he loves Seattle now?
1: Now that he doesn't have that stomach issue, Seattle's the greatest place on earth.
3: That's why he's got to do his fundraisers uh, back in New York at the Forty Forty Club for his charity. Because <laughs> Seattle's awesome. Yeah,
2: he's constantly back here for for. A lot of his things even marketing appearances he still comes back the the fact you're you're absolutely right you hit it spot on and the fact is is if Tanaka is on the team uh on a Yankees team that does well and and wins a World Series or a young team that that progresses through and and does extremely well I mean those opportunities off the field as well are going to be twofold I mean there's going to be so much attention to him as one of the leaders of this new Yankees uh this new Yankees all these new young guys that the attention is going to be ridiculous. I think it's in his best interest to be on the Yankees in the next three to four years.
1: And I think that he still can. I think it'll be like a CC situation where he opts out, and it's basically a threat to Cashman and the Yankees, and then they have to give him one year on the back end of the of the contract. They didn't. Uh, the Yankees re-signed uh, CC, and it only added one year. I could see something like that happen with Tanaka, just to get that little extra insurance. And I mean, I guess the good thing with Tanaka is he's still relatively young. He's not going to be in his thirties um, when he opts out. But uh, you're saying I don't. You don't know of a team that's going to offer him more than already guaranteed to him. And if he has a healthy year this year, they're going to forget about those elbow issues, or at least a GM he's got will forget about it. Perfectly healthy all year though, which is we've rare. Never it's seen. not. It's not going to happen. But if he misses two starts, I wouldn't. You know, I, I don't think his. I think his agent could still sell that as he's healthy. If he misses nine or ten starts, that's obviously a different question. Um,
3: I, I think I, if he misses, uh, not even misses starts, but just because you know the team's not as in contention as we'd like to be, and you know they'll find reasons to then push him back a few days. But I could definitely see the Yankees then leaking to the media. Or me just you know, being a Yankee fan, putting it out there to to try to help the team. Like, oh, maybe there's problems with his elbow. <laughs> Can we get that movement off.
1: started? Are we getting that movement is, started?
3: As bloggers, this is what we have to do. Well, I'm pretty sure I
1: say that every week on the podcast. So I don't know how much the word is is really getting out there because Yankee fans still seem to think he's one of the best pitchers in baseball and he's an ace.
2: A 200 innings, Cy Young contention.
1: 199.2, oh, yeah. not 200. Big time Big time ace. All right, let's move on to the final mailbag question. Um, Scott, I'm not sure if you're going to really uh, be interested in this one, but it comes from at JTMac21 uh, on Twitter. Justin, he writes for our site. He says, what Yankees player would be the best MTV The Challenge competitor? Uh, I know, JJ, you are a fan of that show. Scott, I do not think you've watched the real world in – 20
3: years.
2: Probably close to 20 years. Yeah. Actually, no, my wife just turned it on. So I have seen a few episodes this year. Actually, I
3: don't don't watch the real world now, but here's how I got suckered in. I listened to uh, Bill Simmons podcast, you know, the BS report a few years ago, and he loves the real world. And he said, if you are about 30 years old and you used to watch the real world and think, oh, I could be on that. um, And you've never and you haven't watched it in like, you know, five, six years. Watch it now. It's the same show. You're a different person. It's amazing. Um, Because you're just watching it. Instead of being like, oh, I could do that. It's like, oh, God, I have douche chills. How are you people doing this? So, And I got roped in at Barstool to doing an MTV The Challenge podcast. Uh, So I watch these idiots on TV uh, once a week and do a podcast for it. Um, The best, who he's not on the Yankees yet, but it would probably be Clint Frazier. Because he's still young and he's a psychopath.
2: Exactly.
1: That's the not there isn't there, isn't there a thinking.
2: guy isn't there a guy that's on the challenge that looks exactly like him It was a guy that was uh it was on when I saw it years ago but he's a red-haired dude freckles he was a crazy dude who was on the challenge he you was on the thinking, challenge forever
1: You might be thinking of Wes
2: <clears throat> Yeah, I
3: think that's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A spinning okay, image. Oh, they're God, they're very hope, similar. I really hope Clint Frazier does not go down the path of Wes.
3: I really don't either.
2: I <laughs> have no idea where that guy what happened to this guy? Train wreck? He's still on there. He's oh wow! Still on these shows.
3: <laughs> Aren't there a lot of those Prodigious. people still on the shows? They're actually the one that they just filmed. Uh, that'll come out soon. Is like all these people who were probably on like the last time you watched yeah. are like now back. Guys who went and got like married and tried to have real lives now they're divorced and they're back. It's like it's a shocking. murderer's row of champions it's, coming. I remember
2: back. Johnny Bananas. Oh, is that guy still around? He announced his
3: retirement. No, he's huh? still he's back. Did he, Johnny? Johnny Bananas won last season. It he's was still on
2: play. last. Se- he's got to be thirty
3: five. He's the winningest challenge winner of all time. Uh, he's the Ric Flair. Is of, yeah,
2: is there a belt for that? Of,
3: and so last season they had to do it was uh, rivals three. So it was him and his rival who used to be his friend, but she voted him into a challenge like three seasons ago, whatever. So they're rivals. They go through. They dominate. It's the most dominating performance ever. They're winning every every challenge. It gets to the final thing, and right before it starts, it said, "You know, we're going to go and all there's all these stages, and just whoever does more for their team at the end is going to get to decide uh, if they want to split the money or keep it all themselves." And it was a curveball, and they went. They dominated. They won. And they went through all the teams, and, like, third place like, yeah, of course we're going to split it. Uh, And everyone, you know, second place, oh, we're going to split it. And everyone, like, overcame their differences. And then Johnny Bananas, uh, it was his decision. And he said, you know, we've overcome everything, and I couldn't be here without you, um, uh, but I'm going to keep the money. And he was public enemy number one on the internet for, like, a week. We interviewed him. Um, He was all over the place. Yeah, Scott, you had to have seen a clip of this.
1: It it happened like a year ago, right, JJ? It was one of the best heel turns in in reality TV history. And my favorite part was that he just went on on a tour, tour to France post-show of I Don't Give a Shit, and it was beautiful.
2: Yeah, no, I I definitely did not see that. And uh, I think the last time I saw that guy was when he was off of the real world going on the show, and then he was on it. I remember him being on that show. I didn't watch it, but I just kind of knew. I don't know how I knew. It's like osmosis. You just know who's on that show. And he was there, and and he was old. So he's got to be really old at this point. And I could see that. Why would you if you're that old? I mean, who gives a shit?
3: But it was like he got like $275,000, something like that. It was more money than they've ever given out, and he got to keep it. And then he recruited a bunch of these other guys to come back. So like CT's coming back and he's a Boston psycho. Yeah, but uh, I
1: remember him. He was a nut. So I thought he maybe I was thinking of him. He retired though, right?
3: Yeah, he retired when uh, DM died.
1: Right. Um, As far as uh, I'll try and bring it back to the actual question. You said, Frazier, it's a perfect answer. I was going to say Judge because of his size, but I think he's too hes too nice of a guy, too quiet mannered to be on that show. Um, maybe maybe past Yankee player Swisher, maybe he's got that uh, that kind of energy that is required to be on MTV Challenge.
3: Yeah, it is a combination of energy drinking and just like being able to manipulate.
1: Yes, that's true. You almost need to be able to play the politics game more than compete.
3: And I think Clint Frazier's young enough that he'll still be willing to manipulate people when Aaron Judge just seems like he's really good at giving hugs.
1: (laughs) Um, All right. So uh, that'll about do it for this episode. Uh, You can find JJ on Twitter at Barstool JJ. And he's also got a podcast, Yuppie Junk. Uh, JJ, anything else you want to say before we get out of here?
3: No. uh, Follow me on Twitter. And yeah, listen to my podcast. It's... uh, either me and my friends or my dad or whoever I feel like talking to sometimes comedians entertainment personalities just shooting the shit for an hour comes out every Monday find it on all major podcast networks and its website yuppyjunk.com
1: Scott any last words before we get out of here
3: nope hopefully we sign some more
2: uh, studs like Mr. Matt Holiday let's uh, let's let's get older for a year
1: all right we'll talk to you
2: guys next week